0: Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back! Because we're the Prodigals. the Prodigals! Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies, and that is why we are here for you. Hello, I'm Mark, and I'm joined by...
1: Jed. Oh, <laughs> sure, anybody starts. Billy.
2: Alan. Oh, Billy. Alan. Billy. Billy. Ah. Uh.
1: Arwin. Arwen.
0: Are we? Please do not be alarmed by our audio quality. Um, as a result of the coronavirus ravaging its way through the province of Ontario, we have decided to avoid physical contact as much as possible.
3: Social distancing, we are, baby.
0: Yeah, we are recording this over Skype. Uh, so praise God for the gift of technology. But please bear with us as our sound might not be of the quality that you have been used to the past few episodes. Uh, we're just trying to make do with what we can in our separate worlds right now. So in this episode, we will be answering some of the questions that our followers have sent us. Uh, before we go through the questions... We just want to give a shout-out to those who have been sending us questions. Shout-out um, to you guys. guys really you. uh, I just also want to say that, that for time's sake, we only do a maximum of three questions per episode. But that doesn't mean that we won't answer your questions in future Q&A episodes. So please keep sending them in.
3: Q&A
0: First question uh, deals with tithing. Uh, debt and tithe So the question goes Does God want me to struggle and near break to return tithe and offering when I am swimming in debt trying to pay back debtors? Student loans my mortgage rent car payments, etc Or can I get a handle on things and then return proper tithe and offering? not talking about being broke because I chose to frivolously spend on things that I don't need but the things, but the aforementioned things. Some argue that tithe and offering is supposed to be on your increase and not on all your income because of the way some people's economy is set up. They aren't getting any increase, just an income. Demystify that and
3: discuss. <laughs> Demystify. Demystify.
1: Demystify. 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 I like that word. That's a great word.
3: What do you guys do for tithe? You guys like tithe like the 10% or like you guys do your own thing? I mm.
1: uh,
2: I do the be, 10%.
1: I do the 10% as well. It would it wouldn't be from the net, it would be from the gross. So I would try to calculate the okay. uh, the tax and then kind of like like what would what's the 10% uh, without the subtra- without the tax taken out from my pay? So I I set it up in that way, just recently, like is the start of the year. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's another argument. I mean, the argument. Yeah, and
2: And I guess it's just either way you wanna do it, because I mean, you can still do it on the net, um, I guess, but if you get, you know, when you get your tax return, you know, hopefully you get something back, then you tie that. Mm-hmm. And that would be in its at least the way that I see it,
3: like its entirety. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like have you
3: guys had to go through a time where like you have to like in the situation that the guy's talking about? Like where you release for cash, at least for money, and then like, wait, should I i it? Or like do you even tie it? Yeah, like I I've
1: I've been in that place a lot of times. Uh, I I was not very intelligent or wise with how I handled like how I spent uh, on uh, on things, um, and I I've, I've been in a place where I was in debt. I think I continue to be in credit card debt. Uh, that's a lot, a continual journey. But overall, like uh, the way that I see it is like cards, um, <laughs> um, The the way the reason why I wanted to to begin uh, tithing the way that I do now is because. Um, I never get there. Um, I'll always still be in a rough financial place. I will still be giving God my scraps. And so it, it, by like, kind of just getting myself to a more smart position financially, I was able to set up like a plan and then able to set up like some of the fruits from the work that he's blessed me with to give that to him. And so that's the way that I've been dealing it. But it's a lot of like, um, like, do I depend on God or do I depend on my own strengths? Because it, 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 like, appears here at one point, um, like, do you, until you get to a place of handling things, I think it depends. I'm not sure who, I'm not sure exactly what this person is experiencing. But I would say, hopefully I'm not talking too much. Uh, but, like, you know, that, the sense of, like, do I depend on my own strengths? Do I fix myself before God? Before approaching God, uh, how can I come to God with my with the by, my brokenness and my finances, and then be able to hear what He wants or what He deserves? Maybe a good place to start is just like asking what tithe is,
0: like biblically speaking. Mm. The pastor should it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, he's asking you. Oh, uh, <laughs> so we're, a-
1: we're asking both of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well. Well, the thing is, like, uh, there's three types of tithes listed out in the Old Testament. Um, The first one is, like, the most common known, which is 10% from your income, or from your increase. You have to pay that, and that supports the, the temple. Supports the Levites who are not allowed to have, you know, their own properties um, They as a result, they don't have any livelihood um, all their Like living goes into the temple taking care of the temple um, Being priests and all that. So that was their assigned that duty. Was,
2: Yeah, that was their inheritance because they didn't get a plot of land like all the other tribes of yeah. Israel
0: Yeah, so yeah, so, like, people would give tithe to the temple, and then that's how the Levites would be able to live. And then, as a result, like 10% of that that the Levites get, they would also give to the temple. And then there's a second one and the third one, which have to do with giving, you know, you know your 10%, and then that is assigned to some for the priests some for the foreigners and widows and poor people to the most of my knowledge that's what it is
2: uh yeah i mean i think what most bible scholars will you know will say about that as well is that uh we get a lot of it particularly the ten percent started when you know when abraham rescues lot right uh when he gets taken by i think the five the five kingdoms or the five kings that come and ransack these other four kingdoms and you know lot gets taken away you know in the in the middle of it abraham rescues you know defeats these other kings takes all their spoil uh you know and comes back um and on his way back uh, out of nowhere, the Bible tells us, you know, um, the king of Salem comes out uh, and you know he gives and Abraham gives him like a tenth of uh, um, what he got. I think that's the way the story is. Right? Oh, no, yeah, um, Oh, that's right, yeah.
1: that's right.
2: yeah. right. And so that's that's where a lot of it, you know, where we build that up. But I think that, you know going back to the question, now, does God want me to struggle and, you know, to the near breaking point? I think a lot of that and a lot of where people are, are, are you know, sort of struggling with this comes from Malachi chapter three. You know, where God starts off, will a man rob God? Yet mm-hmm. you are robbing me, speaking on verse eight. But you say, how can we, how have we robbed you in tithes and offering? Right. You are cursed with a curse and you are robbing. Uh, and for you are robbing me, the whole nation, of you, right? And then we get to the part where most preachers bring this part of when they talk about tithe, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out of all the blessings until it overflows, right? And uh, I, th- I think that second part is like really the hardest part for many of us to to know, to get to wrap our heads around, right? Because, from the practical standpoint, we're cutting off ten percent, at least. You know, the ten percent, the tithe, and if you're going to do our uh, you know, uh, an offering on top of that, you know, a percentage of what you're taking home. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, and all the all those uh, the dollars and cents are all has to be accounted for, you know, you're going to be in a really tough tough spot. Yeah. Right. Right. Do you pick? And I think that's what he's talking about. Do you pick? you know, do you pick God or do you, you know, honoring God, or do you pick, you know, honoring the creditors who are trying, who will (laughs) take away your house or whatever it is, right? And I think that's where, where, you know, where people struggle with. And um, from my point of view, what, you know, the the thing that kind of just sticks out first is that for many of us, this is the test of faith, Mm. right? Can God provide for you? You know, even when you're, you know, you, you've sort of like, for lack of a better term, you've injured your, your finances
0: yeah, right?
2: in a way, right? Because you're not giving, you're not, you're not in charge of that whole piece, right? You, there's a part that you have to give away, you know, to God. And the hard part for, for many of us is that there's not a direct correlation. Like, it's like, you know, we give this money and we get something directly in return that we see that's tangible right that we see that there's this clear cut benefit right and i think that's where we where we struggle with it right mm-hmm. but that's the game right mm-hmm. that's the i think that's part of i mean that's a huge reason why it's there
0: yeah right?
2: <clears throat> and um, not to not to dominate this this conversation but the 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 story that comes to mind i think it was elisha you know um, that meets the widow, widower, her husband died. Their family's all in debt. If they don't give, you know, if they don't pay their creditors, they'll be like sold into slavery. Elisha mm-hmm. comes and tells her, "Hey, look, go to your neighbor's house. Go grab all your, you know, go borrow all those those vessels, v- vases, whatever, right? And then come bring it here. Pour all the oil that you pour, whatever oil you've got, into mm-hmm. these remaining, and it won't it won't run out." So she fills all these bottles. Then he says, "Okay, go sell them off, pay all your debts, and live on whatever's that's the rest." Right. And so, from that standpoint, you know, can you, you know, can you trust God in that regard? In that regard, you know, um, to take care of you. Uh, and some yeah. of us are in such a such and such a situation that maybe we do have to have that kind of miracle in order to to get mm. us out
3: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: right and what he's saying or like whoever this person is right they're not taking it from the point of view that you know okay well i've spent it on like you know crazy cars that i can't afford or this crazy house that i can't afford so it's not really my fault it's just i've got bills right and the standard of living of where i live is so much more than what i can what i can earn Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think there's a practical answer to that or at least a practical component to that as well. Are you sure, you know, this is the place that you need to be? Because as we all know, there are other places where the standard of living or the price to live isn't quite as high. Mm, Right. So, you know, so maybe, you know, maybe God is telling you this is not the place that you're supposed to be. I want you somewhere else, you know, um, Mm -hmm. not only for whatever I can do, I can do through you but so that'll be an easier you know time for you to be somewhere yeah. else that so it's easier to like sort of pay your things down
0: yeah and also like Mickey maybe, maybe it's, if it happens to some of us and we have all these things that we're paying for maybe we have to think about like what's really essential Right. So if we have car payments, we have mortgage or rent or credit cards or like maybe we're sending our kids to private school or something like that. And we have maybe we have an expense that we can definitely cut down if we choose to um, really think about. And um, but maybe sometimes maybe not. Uh, but, like, I would say that uh, I want to bring this to the heart issue as well. Um, because, like, if you think about it, like, what tithing is when it comes to our context now is really, like, do we, as as Pastor Allen said, do we really trust God to provide for us?
3: Right?
0: Mm, sure. um, when, like, when we tithe and give that ten percent, um, that shows that we are trusting God, that He is enough to provide for our bills and for our expenses, for our day-to-day living. And um, but if like when it comes to the hard issue, if you are giving that ten percent, but doing so in a begrudging way, you might as well not do it. Mm-hmm. Right, so mm-hmm. God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, so like if you're doing that, like oh you're giving ten percent and then you're doing it for other reasons, other than <clears throat> trusting God, I think like you you might as well not do it. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Right, and so like I said from the beginning, you know this is a this is a faith sort of thing, and for yeah. some of us, you know it's a bigger step. It's a bigger challenge for others. I mean, for us, yeah, for us, so for some of us, it's a bigger challenge than it is for others. Is what I wanted to say, right? Same thing with that the rich, rich young ruler. He can do all these other things, but when it came to money, where where his heart is, right? Mm-hmm. That's where that's where the struggle was. That's where the choice was, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I wouldn't want to say that you know, you know, does does God like going back to the question? Does God want me to struggle? Yes and no. Right? Because that struggle is how you you know you develop trust in him, yeah. to either you know, provide for you or to make things right, or however you want to see um, you, that action sort of playing yeah. out. right. Um, yeah. But another sort of direction, if I want if I could sort of deviate a bit, is that I think that when you that the giving of tithe within, know, a traditional sort of Protestant, Catholic, you know, Christian sort of, you know, worship service is a hugely underrated, you know, aspect of worship,
3: oh, yeah, right?
2: Sure. When you're in worship, you know, because, you know, when you're singing songs, that's great, you know, praying, that's great, right? Mm-hmm. But oh, <laughs> nothing hits you more than when it hits you in the wallet, right, for some of us right Mm. so that's where you know can you give can you let go of that one thing and say okay here god this is yours it's an act of worship it's something that you're giving to him
0: yeah because like singing songs is just like yeah i can give my words oh yeah i can i can listen to the pastor yeah you know worship through the message or worship through song i can do that but like as you said like when it comes to giving like are you really worshiping God through giving? Right, which is like what hurts,
2: because <laughs> <So laughs> it hurts. Yeah, it hurts for some of us. And the thing is, like you know, in our in our denomination, and I'm pretty sure it's in other denomination as well. You know, before we go into that, okay, we're giving the tithe and stuff. You know, we're saying, okay, so this is where it's going to if you give today. It's you know, there's there's uh, it's it's almost like we're saying here, okay, there's an obligation that's out there. We need you to give. So it's not so much we've turned it into an act of worship into, you know, something that's something else. It's an obligation that you have to do. And I think that's why people, a lot of people resent that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Uh, even so much so that it, it, it goes back to the pastor sometimes, right? You know, you'll have, you'll have people that are mem- or members in your church that, will be as so bold and say, well, you need to do this. You need to, you know, do what I'm asking you because I pay your salary, right, yeah. um, through, through my tithe, right? That's how you're getting your, your living. And so they use that as a way to strong arm, you know, a pastor uh, into you know, doing all these things, even though you know, maybe that's not in his purview.
0: Yeah, yeah. But can I also say that, like, I think, like for me, I really don't like seeing tithe as a way to see that oh God will bless you. Or like it's not a good motivation to say that oh God will bless me like when when I do pay tithe. Uh-huh. Like to uh-huh. lean on that like as a, the main motivation of giving tithes is like, Oh, I'm gonna get this threefold, tenfolds. Well, I'm not like said so. It's
2: the pros yeah, it's that <laughs> prosperity gospel.
0: Right. <laughs> but I think, like, uh, you know, like to the bottom, when it comes down to it, it's just, you know, do you trust God? Mm-hmm. And that's do you trust God? And if you do, like, there is a blessing in that in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, when you have like this trusting relationship that God will get you through, no matter how hard it will be, like, and like you see Him working in your life, that's a blessing in itself, I think.
2: Yeah, I think we sell ourselves short sometimes, you know, uh, because we 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 think of tithe as, you know, this obligation, and we we bring up you know Malachi three, you know, and poo poo other people saying you know you're robbing God because you're not giving your tithe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are in different places, right, in their relationship with God, and I don't yeah, think totally. that God, you know, will say okay, well you missed this week, well you know I'm not gonna I'm gonna withhold <laughs> um, this kind of thing where you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a flat tire this weekend. You know, there's no this direct you know, correlation or yeah, direct yeah. result to it, right? Yeah, yeah. But yet, there's some, sometimes you hear testimonies <clears throat> where they say, you know, uh, when I started giving faithfully, you know, things didn't break down for me, right? Hmm. It, you know, my, my car didn't break down, from, or like, wish I didn't need shoes for, like, I don't know, for, like, four years, five years, something crazy like that, something that, that people don't really think of, and yet, you know, the value that comes around you know, from a monetary standpoint in gets repaid back in a different way that we don't normally think would be that way. So, yeah. you know, but I, I, I think I agree with you, Mark, you know, and what I said is that, you know, this is really a, a faith step. Yeah. You know, particularly for some of us that struggle with, you know, giving that, that part of our life yeah. to mm-hmm. God in control
0: yeah um I think like there's another there was another question whether it's in the increase or is it on the income as a whole and I just like want to touch on that because what yeah. he's saying like what he's pretty much asking is that whether it's after paying the bills if I have savings after the bills do I take 10% of that but I think like to clarify what it means an in increase in the Bible, Is that, okay, so today, let's say if I mow your lawn and you give me 50 bucks, right? But then I spent $5 on the gasoline. My increase would be 45 instead of 50. It's not my increase. Like I had paid, I had my cell phone bill to pay. So I spent all that 50 and so that I don't have to pay 10% anymore because I didn't have anything to spare. No, it's just like, um, when you're talking about increase, it's just like what you spent in that business and then what you got. So when you're working, I think for most of us, we don't have any business related expenses. So when we do get paid, I think it will be the 10% of that. Oh, I see what
1: you're saying, I see what you're saying. Yeah interesting
0: so yeah um it's a good conclusion to say that uh, tithing is trusting god that he'll provide for you and um he doesn't want you to suffer um but he wants you to also trust him and if you feel begrudgingly you know if you give begrudgingly um, you might as well not do it uh, because mm-hmm. God wants your full heart for you to give to God.
2: Yeah. And inherent in that there's an inherent struggle with that. So if you're, you know, if it's easy for you to give that, then that's not, you know, that's not a faith step for you. But, but mm-hmm. if it is, you know, if it is kind of a struggle, you know, that that's one of those, that that's one of those battlegrounds, not necessarily mm-hmm. the tithe, but control mm-hmm. over your money. Yeah. You know, um, control of your money do you do you put your faith in your money or do you put your faith in God mm-hmm. right I think that's sort of like the sort of like the ultimate question within that realm right and so there's going to be there's going to be a struggle there's there going to be after. a struggle definitely. right but don't think that's a bad thing because yeah in the struggle that's how you find out that's how you develop trust right yeah. with anybody with any situation mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah all right Sounds good. Second question. This one's a little, a little steamy. Steamy. Um, steamy.
3: <laughs>
0: is it right? So the qu- second question: Is it right for a Christian to seek out the services of
1: a sex therapist? What is a sex therapist? that's a good question can we can we define <laughs> can that, we start off with that yeah so
0: someone who deals with people who have trouble performing sexually
1: okay um oh they get they get homework so it's like it's 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 kind of like uh, you have a med- you have a you have a professional and then you have clients And then I could then you have um, and then they they discuss, you know, like the insecurities, the anxieties that happened during uh during the the intercourse process. And so just to be able to like work on like the dynamics in like in the in the sexual environment, like they're they are given like almost like homework to complete in some sense to like really build that sexual relationship.
2: I think for me the as if you know the the scenario if you're a couple and you're going to a sex therapist in order to, you know, sort of like have a more enriching sort of time together, that's that that that's not a problem to me at all, right? The question for me is, should a Christian go seek out a sex therapist when they're single when not when mm-hmm. they're not married, right? That's where that I think that's yeah. where the, sort of like the more sort of gray area lines
3: yeah. That lies. Yeah. I would say yes, especially if you're struggling with pornography. Oh, mm. okay. If you want I to. Mean, stop I mean, that could your single or if, you're, if, or if you're a couple. Um, yeah, like if you're struggling and you know that it's taken over your life, yes, you should seek help, professional help, 100%.
1: Yeah, I'd say yes as well, uh, especially in context to marriage. I feel like that's the boundary that God has like has made it made it clear in Scripture that that sexual intercourse, any sexual relationships, have to be maintained within a marriage context.
3: Uh,
1: and so, if if to like like what some of you have already mentioned, like if it's to um, continue to work on that, continue to work on intimacy with one another as a married couple, because you know that's that's challenging for some, and that's uh, there's some some people might even have history uh, with. Um, like um like like uh wow what's that word like like they're addicted to sex Sex that's a real thing that's a real thing um other and other addictions as well and so like it's it's cool to to see that there's a place where they can be able to work that together but if you're like let's say you're single you're unmarried um i i would didn't advise a christian to be doing that i think that would yeah it, it would it would not be in support of what scripture would uh tell us yeah
2: sorry go, going back to the sort of the pornography thing could, does a sex therapist sort of deal with that if you are simple like i kind of just i guess i was in and out in terms of like the definition of a sex therapist but is that sort of like the thing that they can deal with because if they do man then yeah absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. I think that would be a no-brainer, particularly, you know, because pornography is, is fairly rampant within our society, not only amongst guys, but amongst girls, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's in their purview, then, you know, that, that kind of changes the equation for me, because that's not exactly what I, I was thinking of, you know, when, when we're talking about sex therapists and, and stuff. Right, obviously if you're going to if you're single and you're you're going to see a sex therapist just to up your game when you go out, you know, when you go out clubbing and trying to pick up somebody on a Saturday night, then yeah, you probably want to look at something, you know, probably not something that you wanna to, wanna to do as an upstanding Christian.
0: <laughs> upstanding Christian.
2: We're <laughs> trying, trying to take the best of everybody, right? So <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. but I think like there's people who specialize in porn addiction and maybe we can classify them as sex therapist, but um, definitely it's just in the context of marriage, if your marriage is failing because um, you're not performing properly, then I think you should seek it out.
2: Yeah, and yeah, if you're not connecting like you guys aren't connecting on in an intimate <laughs> level you know, then yeah, absolutely try to try to get some help that way because, you know, sex is a good thing. That's what God intended for us, you know, in the garden. And so, you know, it's kind of been, you know, maligned and mutated, you know, because of sin, because, you know, society has gone to such a way that perverts it, you know, in a large extent. And so, you know, maybe get back to, you know, to the point where, you know, you connect with your spouse, right? Uh, I would also say that you know, I would be okay with, with it if it's, you know, if there are, are, are fia- you know, if you're a fiance, right, and yeah. you're getting ready for the for the wedding night. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine, you know, because mm. uh, you want you want to be able to you know to be able to um, connect with your spouse on that special night, you know, on that special day when when you're when you've you've changed you know, spiritually and legally to be, you know, that one being as the Mm -hmm. Bible would say. Yeah. Right. So going into marriage, absolutely. Yeah, I think I I think that would be appropriate. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I would I would actually think that, well, at the heart of it, it's it's concerns of intimacy. It's the struggles with intimacy with one another. And so um I think yeah like sex therapy would be would be great for married couples, but I also think a combination of that with let's say like uh, marriage counseling would be good because though you're dealing with the physical aspect, I think while you deal with the physical aspect, you also should tackle like the spiritual aspect as well. Intimacy and physical level kind of does tie uh, how we respond to each other when it comes to faith. And so um, exploring those uh, those as well, like on an emotional level and such would be good.
2: Um, I also think um, there are some people that have, had traumatic experiences, you know, previously when they're younger, right? Uh, you know, maybe in a previous marriage, they had to get out because it was abusive, right? And so their idea of sex has sort of, you know, has has warped some way, right? And, you know, they they might even be classified as having deviant behavior. You know, in that instance, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe a sex therapist you know, to try to get you back on track to this, to, you know, to, to have a more healthy idea of what sex is supposed to be. Yes, that would be appropriate. Right. But I also think that for, for a lot of us, you know, something like this might be a slippery, slippery slope in the sense that, yeah, we're, we may be going in with good intentions, but it might bring us to a place, you know, bring us to a place where we might, you know, Go against what God would want for us, right? And so it's not an easy, at least for me, it's not an easy black and white yes or no. And there are contexts to this, right? Particularly that slippery slope aspect of it, right? We have to be aware of it. It's not directly a sin, but it can lead to it easily for some of us. Not all of us, but for some of us.
0: Yeah. Mm. And we just have to go in that with a discerning spirit. Um, to be on guard every time like we go through it because as you said it can lead to dangerous things like one slip or one misstep I think can, deal to, can lead to dangerous places as with anything else so yeah. um, with this it just needs we just need to go like if we do go through it we just need to have like a discerning spirit and always be aware of your intention and where your mind is going
2: Mm-hmm. Um are there levels to sort of like how hands-on
1: a therapist
2: will be? Um, <laughs>
1: well, well so there's no there's no um sexual relation or like any any like between the cult, the client and the professional. Like it's not like they're involved in it. Is that if they're that, not
0: supposed to be in it? I mean, or they're just not, they are not. Yeah, it's not
1: supposed <laughs> to not. be. Yeah. Whoever asked that, thank you for asking that. <laughs> it's a really interesting topic. Like
2: it. it's an uncomfortable topic for yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of the adults
0: yeah right
1: so uh, yeah. but that's why we're here right? we that is things. why
0: we're here for you
1: <laughs> this is so wild like i'm like looking at um um how it it, it will also help those who struggle with sexual dysfunction like erectile dysfunctions low libido lack of interest um excessive libido inability to control sexual behavior there's so like there's so much things that happen behind doors that i feel like need to be tackled so that's so wild new world wow there you go yeah all right
0: <laughs> question three come with a bang
1: wow
0: big bang
1: <laughs>
0: is it possible to be an evolutionist and christian at the same time
1: <laughs>
3: I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Some
2: people uh, will say yes.
1: Uh, I are that. I, I want to say I'm, it's uh, sorry. Go 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 on go on. We can yeah.
0: we can disagree,
1: you know. I'm, I'm on the I'm on. It's it's a gray zone. Whoever said that, though, I feel like it is a gray zone. Uh, it, it can't. It's no. It's for sure not black and white. And I think the way that a lot of people view evolutionists, especially within the Christian context, is like oh they believe in the big bang theory oh we come from monkeys but it's not it's not like that <laughs> it's so much more complex like that like it, we it deals with topics of adaptability which we do believe we do believe we can adapt um we believe that uh, things can adapt uh, with temperature um through and uh, the, the shaping of the environment on us nurture in a way is also a form of adaptability on us so it, it it's so hard to say. Um, it, there is a gray zone in that. Are Christian can Christians be evolutionists slash uh, Christian at the same time?
0: Mm. True.
1: I mean, I was taught
2: we are okay with we're okay with micro ev- evolution, which is the the adaptability. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's just the macro evolution that we don't that we have problems with in terms of switching from one species to the next. Right. Uh, first of all, there is no sign, at least for, from my point of view, there isn't any scientific evidence towards that. Right. Uh, and second of all, that's not exactly what what's in the Bible. So from that standpoint, like I I, I, I don't see, you know, from, the, mm-hmm. from a purely biblical standpoint, we do. But there are there are sort of like groups out there that that. Uh, will say they are christian but then evolutionists they are evolutionists as well because um their interpretation of the creation story
1: yeah
2: right uh, yeah. tends to be yeah. a little bit more you know you know they 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 find a different interpretation in that
0: yeah
2: right yeah uh, particularly when it comes to like the seven days that you know god created the world they don't think of that as seven literal days they'll think of it as eons or ages or epochs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um which you know kind of doesn't make you know, if you look at the Bible like account of it, it kind of doesn't support that either. But, you know, that's not what we're gonna be talking about yeah, totally. tonight. <laughs> yeah. So so there are people that that are out there that are evolutionists and yet they are, you know, they are quote unquote Christian as well. Right, because they do believe in Jesus, they do believe mm. that you know He's the Savior and he, He's their Lord. It's just how did they come, you know, to the idea of creation, right? And mm. you know, you have to account for, you know, everybody has to account for dinosaurs, right? It's there. Right? There's evidence there. You can't you can't sweep yeah. that under the rug, right? Uh, some evidence in the geologic column. You can't you can't sweep that away, either. Right, and so you know there are there are there is evidence of uh, evolutionary type, you know, theory that's there. There they have the there is you know sort of evidence for that, or there's you know they've got their whatever. Uh, But there's also for us, um, you know, the creation aspect of it as well.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, you guys believe in the big bang? I believe in the big bang. (laughs) Go, got that leather, got that
3: (laughs) leather. Bang! (laughs) I I hate this. It's
1: so. Um, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, like stuff like the big bang, and I feel like it's so hard to find a common ground because everyone has their different stances. I grew up in an environment where uh, consistently my family members would try to debunk, like, like stuff like the Big Bang and stuff along with, like, creation uh, all right, and stuff. So it, it's so hard uh, being in the crossfire of such arguments. And so my question, my, my question actually now is, like, what does it mean to be Christian? And how does creation fall into that? Good question. Mm. I
0: think, like, what he needs to be Christians to believe that Christ is your savior and he came to the world to save us from our sins and that you surrender your life to him and follow him and what he says and that's what it means to be a Christian mm-hmm. does believing in evolution affect your belief in the gospel no. Probably
3: does.
2: I think it might I think it might because, you know, I mean, as I said, from my standpoint, you know, the biblical account doesn't doesn't support evolution. But if you find yourself sort of like, you know, because you're going to see what you want to see. So yeah. if you're going to interpret that, interpret mm-hmm. the, the Genesis story, the Genesis account as something that's more uh, metaphorical. Right. Or there's sort of inconsistencies that maybe, you know, somebody made a mistake somewhere around. Uh, you know, around that time where they just thought it was, you know, a cool bedtime story to tell our kids, but that's not really what happened. Um, I think for a few of us, right, um, that might cause us to, you know, say, well, what other parts in the Bible do I do and not have to take, you know, from a literal standpoint, Mm -hmm. right? And that's that slippery slope that, you know, I was talking about. For some people, it's it's, it's not going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. for a lot for, you know for other people in my, you know yeah that precedent of saying that precedent of saying well that part of the Bible isn't true I believe in this part but then you know where does it stop
0: mm-hmm.
3: right
1: yeah. yeah
3: so I was just reading sorry um, I know I said I was out but I just looked it up and basically if you're somebody who believes in uh, if, if you're a Christian and you believe in uh, evolution uh, the term uh, theistic evolution or evolutionary creationism yeah. is a term that you're looking for. But the thing with that, and uh, the further I'm reading into this, is if, if you believe in this, then what Jed said, there's a lot of gray area. It's because you, if you believe in that, you lean into one side for some ideas and you lean into another like on the like, let's just say, for example, you you lean on the Christian side for some things, and then you lean on the evolutionary side on something. So you can never have a consistent proof of anything. It is it's it'll just have this cycle of trumping your whole argument about something. So you're never consistent. In other words,
2: right? The truth is up to you what you deem as what the truth is. And so there's no, you know, there's no hard, fast standard in which we can all kind of rely on. And the problem with that is sometimes our perspective is skewed, Mm -hmm. right? And we'll believe what we want to believe during the times that we
1: need to believe it. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's not always a good thing. Which is hashtag confirmation bias. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Nice. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's hard. It's like, we, we come from so many different backgrounds. Some of us here are from science backgrounds. Some of us here are from, like, scholarly divinity backgrounds. Some of us come from, like, other backgrounds. And it's and that, like, the way that we have, like, been living our lives and how that shapes our ideologies really can does shape the way that we can interpret scripture. And so yeah, I always wonder, like, does, like, the there's a lot of topics that can be unclear but to some people they say that it is completely clear that it's this way uh but if both parties are disagreeing in some sort of way I feel like then there's a topic that kind of does appear gray and so then would it be safe to say um then is it like is it important for us to agree on creation um uh, for the sake of the gospel I personally think we don't.
0: But that's just me. For the most part, I believe that you can be an evolutionist, uh, as Arvin said, a theistic evolutionist, and still be a Christian because you're still following Christ's example. You're going to be loving to people. You're going to give, you know, 110% um, to help others, mm. and love others, And show a good example of what Christ is to others and also believe that he's your Savior but it's just that one really big thing is that you believe you you, I think you can believe that God is all-powerful and in God's wisdom he used Mm -hmm. to he he chose to use evolution as his mode of creation rather than like the Orthodox way of uh, seeing creation which is Literal seven literal days, and God created everything in that. I personally believe in the seven-day creation, just (laughs) just as a warning, uh, like just as a reminder. But I, I do believe that people can see that God chose to use to create the world through evolution, and we can differ in that, and still believe in the same Jesus, and still believe that he's sanctifying us and who knows like who knows what god's gonna how god's gonna deal with that person right mm-hmm. so.
2: yeah and no, i i know i know what i what i sort of like believe in terms of the creation story and how we we got about um i will say though when i went off the seminary there one of the classes obviously is going to deal with, you know, the evolutionary sorry, sort of theory. And our professor had this one sort of like overarching point as to why it wouldn't work. Uh, and that has to deal with, you know, if we're, if you're an, evo- if you believe in evolution, you know, evolution at its core is that, you know, things have to die off and what's left is the strongest aspect and that's what mm-hmm. survives he brings that back to you know to to christ and the cross well then you know if death already existed before sin happened you know what's the use for the cross right and that's the conundrum that you run up against you know when you have these two sort of theories conflicting each against each other with creation and evolution Mm -hmm. right it's like you know if if death already existed before there was sin, then there was no reason for Christ to come in the, in yeah.
1: the long and short of it. Oh, this is so philosophical. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. So, I mean, mm. that's where I, I would yeah, struggle that, if, I was, if, I, if I had those two sort of things, yeah. you know, battling it out. And I don't envy somebody that's in that position.
1: Yeah. I. That's true. Yeah.
0: That's really... really you're getting into like the deeper parts of like philosophical ideas of like death and when did death death happen, when did Adam live, and when did sin enter the world.
1: Those are challenging stuff. That can be a rabbit hole for some people. For some, like (laughs) myself, it's like, you know what? I will preach what I've received and and (laughs) all those concepts and ideas with an open hand but like for some people, like it's it's gonna be farling for them, and and that's hard. And you know what? That's that's their journey. And, and yeah, that's wild. This is such a great topic. Thank you. <laughs> thank you again. who? <laughs> Shout out to you.
0: All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, we thank you for bearing with us with our sound quality and we thank you for listening and we hope that we've answered the questions in a proper manner and you're satisfied with our answers and we hope that you're blessed and enlightened and we are here every Monday and we upload our our episodes every week so yeah just check us out and continue to follow us Uh, you can reach us on our socials Instagram, The Prodigals Podcast facebook the prodigals podcast but on twitter the prodigals pod because twitter doesn't allow that many characters on your handle so yeah and we hope that you join us again next week Uh, we'll be here in another episode
3: of The the prodigals